Hi, this is Jessica McCoy with Calvary Christian Center. Thank you so much for listening. We pray that this message encourages and inspires you to be everything God has created you to be. We hope you enjoyed this message. The first lady, the only lady of the house. Amen. How many of y'all ready for the word? If you're ready, shout, bring it on. I dare you to look at your neighbor and say, thank God for Jesus. Come on, if you're thankful for Jesus, make a little noise in the room right now. Let me hear from you. I'm grateful for Christmas. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad I'm not at Walmart. How many of you are thankful that you are not at Walmart? Praise the Lord. I believe part of the great tribulation is going to be having to go to Walmart. Come on, during Christmas time. But I'm excited about Jesus and I'm excited about Christmas because I know what Christmas is all about. And I'm thankful today, I don't know about you, but when I could not get to Jesus, Jesus came to me. And that's what Christmas is all about. I want to just say from my house to, to yours, Merry Christmas, Pastor Don. I love you so much. What a great rainy Sunday Christmas crowd. You look good. Past, tell your neighbor that Pastor said I look good. Come on. Tell him. Yeah. Tell him don't disagree with the man. You know he's right. Yes. We're coming from Matthew 123. And by the way, didn't our team do a great job this morning? Praise God. Reading one verse today, but I believe it's going to be so profoundly impactful. You by live stream, thank you for joining us. We've had some technical difficulties, but I hope you were able to get on board with us. Matthew 1.23, Behold, a virgin shall be with child. Can you imagine? Mary has an angel appear to her, and the angel basically tells her, you're going to get pregnant, and, 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 and God is going to be the father of this baby. Can you imagine Mary going home and saying, hey, Dad, guess what happened at prayer meeting? Come on, somebody. This whole incarnate Christ is miraculous. And I want you to understand that if a virgin can conceive and be with a child, then there's not one thing that you're encountering that is too hard for the Lord to do. The Bible said, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. I just wonder if there's anybody thankful for that today. I'd like to take for a title this morning, The Wait Is Over. There are some of you that are going to find out in the next season that the wait is over. There's some things you've been waiting for, things you've been believing for, but the abstract is about to make contact. God is about to show you that the wait for that son to be saved is over. The wait for that miracle in your life is over. If he can cause a virgin to conceive and bear a son, he can certainly take care of your situation. If you're ready to hear about Emmanuel, God with us, will you slip up both hands? Father, today we magnify Jesus and ask for his precious anointing by the Holy Spirit to cover us. We thank you that the wait is over, Jesus, because we're not waiting on you. You have come. You are God with us. We give you the glory. Remain standing for one more moment and give God a great big praise right now. Will you keep right on clapping? We've got Nathan Morris, our evangelist, and Rachel with us today. We love you so much. Families at home. So before you sit down, tell two or three people the wait is over. The wait.
is over. Christmas time is thrilling to me because I realize that the wait is over. I'm not waiting for my answer because Jesus is the answer. I'm not waiting for him to come. He has already came. And I don't know about anyone else in the room today or anyone tuning in by live stream, but I'm grateful and thankful that I serve Emmanuel who is with me. The Bible said concerning this virgin named Mary that she would bear a son and this son's name would be Emmanuel, God with us. That's what that means. And that makes me know that God is, that the Lord is not distant. Jesus is present. He is not missing. He is manifested. He is here today, and there is nothing too hard for the Lord to do. Again, if you're taking notes, you can write it down. Emmanuel means God with us. And I love every name for Jesus. When you try to, try to understand and comprehend him, one name won't do. He's more than just Jesus. Jesus means deliverer. Christ means anointed. So he is the anointed deliverer. But one name couldn't encapsulate all that he is. So all throughout the Bible, he's described many ways. He's called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He's the Captain of the Hope host. He's the lily of the valley. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the rose of Sharon. He's the bright morning star. He's the savior, the healer, the deliverer, the provider, the baptizer, the ancient of days. He's the chosen one. He's the holy one. He's the mighty one of Israel. He's Yahweh Rapha, God the healer. He's Yahweh Jireh, God the provider. He's El Roy Ah, the God who is there before you get there. He is El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. He's Isaiah's Prince of Peace. He's Isaac's Ram. He's Job's Redeemer. He's Abraham's Seed. He's the Seed of the Woman. He's a sick man's healer. He's a dead man's raiser. He's a lost man's finder. He's a hungry man's bread. He's a thirsty man's water. He's the way, the truth, and the life. You can't outlive him and you can't live without him. You can't get him off of your hands. You can't get him out of your mind. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He'll be there when times get tough. He'll be there when it's easy. He'll be there when it's hard because he is Emmanuel. He came and he never left. He's here today. I wonder, do you know him and can you praise him? If you can, why don't you do it? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like preaching. Ah! I need you just to stop and give him praise if you're glad that you know him. I love every name that describes him. I, I love every way that we talk about him because you can't talk about him and not get overwhelmed. You can't talk about, you can't say a single one of his names and not realize that he is more than you ever hoped for and more than you ever dreamed. But one of the names that I love most for Christ is the way that he came to us incarnate as a baby in a manger. His name was Emmanuel. In fact, it still is. Emmanuel means God with us. And I truly don't know where I would be today through all the twists and turns of my life, through the highs and the lows and the ups and the downs. I don't know where I would be, my friends, without Emmanuel, God being with me. 
time and time again, I made it and so did you. Through situations we should not have survived because he was a very present help in the time of a struggle. Most of you don't really know the pit that I crawled out of. Some of you don't know where I came from. I'm the most unlikely one to stand before you today and preach the gospel. But if anybody ought to be thankful, it ought to be me. But I believe that I could find a few people here today that may be able to bear witness with your brother. You would not be here today had Emmanuel not been with you. He pulled you out of a pit. He made a way right out of no way. Hallelujah. Anybody thankful that Emmanuel has been with you when you embrace this Christ of Christmas, this revelation that God is with you, then all of a sudden the impossible becomes possible and the unbearable becomes bearable. And what you thought you could not make it through, somehow you make it through. We all can now claim peace over turmoil because he's with us. It means that because Emmanuel is with us, because he came 2,000 years ago, we attempt radical things. We believe for impossible things. Even when our situation looks impossible, when circumstances seem insurmountable, when Emmanuel is with us, we have this uncanny feeling that everything is going to be all right. Even when we get bad news, we know that because Jesus is with us, we will make it. That's the true miracle of Christmas today is that Jesus didn't just come, he stayed. He's God with us. At Christmas time, remember, people come and go, but Emmanuel stays. We've all had people in our lives, haven't we? that have entered into our lives and we thought they were permanent? Have you ever had relationships that you thought were permanent? Have you ever had people come into your life and you thought that they were there to stay, but you found out some of the very people that you thought were permanent, in all actuality, they were temporary? I'm so glad that we don't serve a temporary Jesus. I'm so glad that Jesus didn't come to us to be with us when times were easy. He came to be with us to be more than just a fair weather friend. He said, I'll be a friend that'll stick closer to you than a brother. Tell your neighbor, Merry Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's something to be excited about. If you didn't get anything else, you got a Jesus that will never leave you or forsake you. See, people are temporary sometimes. They show up and they leave. They'll tell you they love you and they'll tell you they adore you and they'll tell you they'll never leave you, but then you look around and they are gone. You're like, what in the world just happens? And I just want to tell some young people, one of the worst things you can ever do is make permanent decisions with temporary people. Oh, I know I'm off for Christmas just for a minute, but you better be real, real careful. You get sexually involved with people. You really shouldn't be sexually involved until you're married. That's what the Bible says. Nobody wants to shout right now, but I'll go ahead and preach it. But the truth is, be careful, young person, because you can make permanent decisions with temporary people. It's time for you to get your eyes on those that God has put in your life that are going to be with you when times are good and when times are bad. But that rushes my mind to this reality. Jesus, Emmanuel, is not temporary. The relationship that I have with him is not temporary. People have come and gone, but Jesus, hallelujah, my Christmas Christ, 
has stayed. He is from everlasting to everlasting. And we read all through the Bible of accounts of Jesus being with his people, God being with his people. And all throughout the Old Testament, we catch glimpses of Emmanuel before he ever came to Bethlehem. I was just in Bethlehem a few weeks ago, and I stood right in the very area that Jesus was born. I stood right out there at the shepherd's field. I, I stood right there where, where Boaz would have met Ruth. I was right there in Bethlehem. And we read all throughout the Bible of Jesus being with his people though even before he manifested 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem. We catch glimpses of him in the Old Testament and one of the greatest examples of God being with his people, God being Emmanuel, is when he appears before Moses and Moses is standing at the burning bush receiving his assignment from God to go deliver the Jews from Israel. And in that moment, y'all, he feels, he feels incredibly inadequate. Have you ever felt inadequate? Have you ever felt like you were not enough for the task that you were being called to do? Have you ever felt like the assignment was bigger than you are? Well, welcome to the Moses Club. Come on, somebody. Moses is right there. There and the account is so powerful because in Exodus 3.10, Moses said, Come now, therefore the Lord said, And I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So here's the clincher. Here's what changed everything. So God said, I will certainly be with you. It's obvious as we study this story that Moses felt intimidated. Moses felt inadequate. He looked at the totality of his assignment and he said, I can't possibly fulfill this because I stutter, I stutter, I stutter, I stutter, I stutter. Come on, somebody. I can't possibly get this done because I don't have all the prerequisites in place. Don't you know that I've already been pretty much kicked out of the kingdom? I ran and hid like a scared rabbit. I've been hiding in the desert for 40 years. Who am I? I'm inadequate and there will be times mister in your faith walk my sisters and my brothers where you feel inadequate to do what God has called you to do you'll look in the mirror and you'll say the person in that mirror can't possibly get it done and you will think who am I that is the story of my life that describes me absolutely to a T if you knew where I came from if you knew how I matriculated if you knew the things that had happened in my life and the struggles that I had. I hadn't always been a preacher. I haven't always stood on a stage. If you knew where I really came from, you might not want to call me pastor anymore. If you knew the pit that God brought me up out of, you might not believe that I could stand here adequately and declare to you the word as a redeemed, resurrected soul that God has rescued out of the miry clay. But I think he chooses people like you and me to show the world that it's impossible is still possible. That it doesn't matter how deep you fall and how tough life is. God can pick you up out of the miry clay and he can use you. Oh, isn't it good to know that God is not consulting your past to determine your future. 
Moses said, who am I? That is the story of my life. That adequately describes Jim Rayleigh, but I can only speak for me. I don't know about you. I look at the stage I'm standing on today and the opportunities that I have in the family that God has given me. I feel so blessed, Don. I feel so thankful for you today. I love you, honey. God has been so good to us. But when we started, we could have never dreamed that the Lord would do in our lives the things that he has done. When I ask you to marry me, all these things that the Lord has done wasn't even on the radar. Hallelujah. But look what the Lord has done. See? The story of my life is that God is greater than my inadequacies. Listen to what he says to Moses. Listen to God's awesome response. He said, I will certainly be with you. Now, now these several words are actually translated powerfully from the one Hebrew word that has an incredible meaning. It is the word oath. It is pronounced like our English word oath. God said, I will certainly, certainly, certainly be with you. That's what he said. He said to Moses, I know you're inadequate. I know you can't do it, but I will certainly be with you. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I can't be religious today. I've only made it because God has certainly been with me. Are you certain that he's been with you? Are you certain? Has he certainly been with you? Come on, push your neighbor and say certainly. Yeah, yeah, every time he has used me, everything that I made it through is only because the Christ of Christmas, amen, he has certainly been with me. If people knew your story, they wouldn't doubt. If they knew where God had brought you from, they might understand why you have to be in church on December 22nd. Some of y'all ain't even got your Christmas shopping done yet, but you said, I can't. No, 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 I'm not. No, I'm going to church because he has certainly been with me. Push your neighbor and say, he has certainly been with me. Yeah, if you knew how certain I was that he has made the way that, to, to take me to where I am today, you might understand then why I have to praise him the way that I have to praise him because he has certainly if there's no doubt in the world that he has certainly been with you, come on, lift your voice and give him praise right now. I wanted to stay there just for a moment because he said, I will certainly be with you. And that is the word oath, O-W-T-H. It's where we get our English word oath. And I love it there because that phrase is actually one Hebrew word. And an oath is, is defined as this, a statement of fact or promises. A statement of fact or promise. I don't know who I'm talking to, but a promise is something that is destined to be fulfilled. Some of you are about to step out of your process and you're going to step into the promise that God has for you in this next season. Who's ready to step into your promise in fullness? That's, that's what you need to understand at Christmas time. God's promises are yes and amen. The Bible says that, that Jesus has been talked about all through the Old Testament, but the promise manifested and Jesus came. The word oath in the Hebrew also means a distinguishing mark. First of all, when you mark something, you're declaring that it belongs to you. You're declaring that you made it. Anytime a potter, when, or even we do, we go, we go, at, uh, woodworkings in Israel in, in Bethlehem when they, the artist makes the woodworking or makes the pottery they will turn that piece of art over and they will write their name on it 
and they will mark it and you will know for sure where it came from. I want to let you know that you have been marked. Tell your neighbor, I'm a marked man. I'm a, I'm a marked woman. <laughs> see, see, you've been marked. The Bible says that the Lord knows them that are his. Y'all don't make me get around and talk about the rapture on Christmas Sunday. But do you realize that the Lord knows that you belong to him? There is going to come a day when the sheep are going to be separated from the goats. There's going to come a day when the salt of the earth is going to be removed out of here. The Bible said, for you are the salt of the earth. You think the world has problems now. Wait until the salty church is taken out of the earth. Wait until the, the church is taken out of the earth. That's why there's going to be tribulation. That's why there's going to be problems. When you and I leave, it's going to get bad. You ain't seen nothing yet, so you better make sure and be ready. But what I'm trying to tell you is this, that when the trumpet sounds, come on, ugh, there's going to be a great separation because the Lord has marked you and the Lord knows them that are his. In Israel, there's different places that, that shepherds take sheep and they take those sheep and they allow them to disperse together. Different sheep and shep different shepherds will take all these different flocks and all the flocks will come together. But when the shepherd stands up and lifts his voice, the very sheep that belong to him find him because the the Bible says my sheep know my voice. They hear my voice. Oh, my, my, my. And the Bible says the Lord knows them that are his. There will come a day when Jesus returns and you will know his voice because the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and you'll hear it and you'll say that's the voice that I know. That's what I've been waiting for. He'll lift you up here because you've been distinguished you've been marked the Lord knows them that are his give him praise at Christmas time God God told Moses he said I'm going to distinguish you are you ready for this on Christmas Sunday come on shout if you're ready for this shout bring it on come on when you distinguish something you make it different that that's why you don't you you, you just don't fit in with everybody Moses said, my presence is about to make you different, young man. So many want the power of Emmanuel. They're just unwilling to be different. But we're living in a day when the church can't be the same old, same old. Come on, somebody. You know, I've seen the world get so churchy and the church get so worldly, don't That it's hard to tell the difference between the two. I said the world has gotten so churchy and the church has gotten so worldly that you can't tell the difference between the two. Come on, how many of y'all know everybody's religious? Read Facebook, everybody's, everybody's religious. But let me tell you something. There's, there has to be something different about a believer. I see, I, I, I'm getting off my, my, my lesson, but I'm going to stay here just for a second. Isn't it a shame when we feel like we need to become more like the world to win the world? Let me tell you something. Any church that becomes more like the world to win the world, we haven't won the world. The world has won us. And God has not put me on the planet to have the world win me. The God has put me on the planet that I might win the world. I don't need what they've got, but they need what I've got. They, I don't need them. They need my savior. They need my deliverer. They need my provider. They need my way maker. They need my, uh, they need Jesus. <sighs> Praise the Lord. 
See, the presence of Emmanuel in your life will distinguish you and make you different. Jesus wasn't born and he didn't die to leave us the same. He died and rose again and was born to make us different. God was telling Moses, in essence, watch this now. I'm just trying to talk to you. He said, uh, here's, here's the deal, Moses. You're not going to be alone because I'm going to be with you and you will be successful. You won't be alone and you will be successful. You won't be alone and you will be successful. You won't be alone and you will be successful. You, you won't be alone and you will be successful. You won't be alone and you will be successful. How would you like me just to pronounce that over your life, Pastor Josh? You won't be alone and you will be successful. Nathan, son, you won't be alone and you will be successful. You're going to succeed. 2020, more people are going to be healed than you've ever seen healed in your whole ministry. 2020, you're going to have more resources than you've ever had. 2020, God's going to use you at another level. I think I've slipped from preaching to prophesying. I'm telling you, son, you won't be alone and you will be successful. I dare you to speak in faith over somebody that might be beside of you that feels like they've been all by themselves. Get them right by the hand and shake them up and say, neighbor, Say, did you hear what the preacher said? Tell him, say, you won't be alone and you will be successful. Somebody give God a shout. Yeah. <laughs> well, you say, preacher, you don't know about the mess I got going right now. <laughs> You don't, you don't know how intense things are right now. But at Christmas time, I want you to remember when Emmanuel is with you, he will even bless you in a mess. And God can turn the greatest mess into the greatest miracle. Uh, listen, if you got a, a messy situation or two, just throw your hand up and say, bless the mess. Come on. Yeah, yeah, my family might be a mess. My son might be a mess. But Jesus showed up in a mess. He didn't come to a palace. He, did, he didn't come to a cathedral, baby. He didn't come to some, some mansion. He came to, a, he came to a cave. He came to a manger. It was deity among donkeys. It was majesty among manure. Come on, y'all don't make me preach. He showed up around shepherd and wise men and lowing calves. He showed up around sheep dung. I'm trying to tell you it wasn't about the surroundings. It was about the one who showed up and made himself real. God's about to turn somebody's mess into a miracle. So, so, so Moses has seen the faithfulness of God. Have you seen the faithfulness of God? So now it's Joshua's turn, basically the spiritual son of Moses. Joshua 1.5 says, the Lord said, no one will be able to stand up against you, Joshua, all the days of your life as I was with, there, there he is again, Emmanuel, God with us, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Be strong and <laughs> courageous. Think about that. He said, I was with your daddy, now I'm going to be with you. 
Who would admit that you didn't start this thing, that maybe somebody passed faith to you? Maybe there was somebody before you that convinced you that Jesus was real? Let me tell you about my daddy. When my daddy died, he didn't leave me any stocks, no bonds, no annuities. He didn't have a house. I paid for where he lived. We had gotten in the car that he drove in. He didn't have any precious jewelry. He didn't have any money in retirement. But let me tell you what he left me. He convinced me that Jesus was born of a virgin 2,000 years ago and laid in a manger. He left me with the redemptive knowledge that I could be born again. And he left me with the reality of knowing that there is a Holy Ghost that still baptizes. There is a Holy Ghost that still empowers. I dare somebody right now, if you're taking it from generation to generation to... My daddy gave it to me. And now I've given it to Courtney. And Courtney will give it to her children. I'm trying to tell you, he will be with you from generation to generation. Give the Lord a mighty praise. Give him a mighty praise. He, he never said that you won't have opposition or resistance or warfare. But he said, here's the good news. I'm going to be with you. Now, now, he said, here's what I want you to do, son. Attempt big things. I don't think we should be attempting small things when we serve a big God. If Emmanuel, the Christmas Christ, is with us this Christmas, you can attempt big things since Emmanuel is with you. So we see glimpses of Emmanuel all through the Old Testament. Then, but then we see him again in the story of Paul and Silas. Do you remember Paul and Silas have been preaching in Philippi, and I, I feel like this thing could, <laughs> this place could melt down pretty quick here. I feel like there is a praise about to erupt in this place. I, I feel like there's something under the current. I feel like there's some of y'all that are so excited about Jesus that you can't even contain yourself. Paul and Silas have been in Philippi doing incredible ministry, and you remember the story. The crowd rose up against them. They stripped them. They abused them. They beat them. And they threw them in the inner prison. And the Bible said they're half dead. And the jailer who was commanded to guard them carefully, when he came and he received his instructions, he put them not just in the prison, but in the inner prison, the most secure part of the prison, the nastiest part of the prison. He shackled their hands and their feet to the wall. It was dark. It was damp. It was a dungeon. There were no beds there there were no toilets there there was no room service there there was no AC there there was no Netflix there y'all ain't saying nothing there was no electricity there but there is stink that there is rats there are spiders and there's a lot of pain and that's where they are and they've been there since three o'clock they got there at three in the afternoon and now it's midnight I wonder what you would have been doing at midnight if we would have peeked in on your cell I wonder how you would have been acting you uh, you expect to peek in the cell and hear grumbling and moaning and complaining and maybe a little cussing not you though but maybe your neighbor somebody on your row hadn't quite got their tongue sanctified yet look down there and see if you can figure out who it is yes yes they showed out on black friday come on somebody you you know this little girl says i'm coming forward to give my heart to jesus right and she's running in church hallelujah run oh yes power of god she's camouflaged so you can't see her I don't know who she belongs to, but can we find somebody and get them? Get, oh, yes, she's coming up. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's what you call bold. And, mm -hmm. well, I don't know where her mama is. 
But uh, we got Ollie. As long as we got Ollie, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. So y'all thought I forgot where I was, but I have not forgot where I was. I got Paul and Silas in prison. Come on. And your neighbor still needs to clean up their conversation, and they need to stop cussing. Come on, somebody. I know exactly where I am. So here we are. You could, you see all, you look, you expect to peek in and hear all kind of grumbling and pain and problems. But what do you hear when you when you when you peek in there all of a sudden you see people worshiping the lord paul and silas are giving god praise at an inopportune time worship didn't seem conducive it didn't make any sense but there they are at midnight oh jesus at midnight ain't that something it's dark it's midnight but you know what midnight tells me midnight tells me that it's the end of one thing and it's the beginning of another uh, for some of y'all right now First, I need to stay on my notes. I got so much to say. For some of y'all right now, it's 1159. And you don't even realize that if you'll praise the Lord when the clock strikes 12, you're about to step into a brand new day. Midnight represents the shift from one thing to another. It represents the shift, the change from one day to the next. And Paul and Silas said, well, since the day's about to shift, I'm going to praise God right here at midnight. Some of you have been waiting to praise him, but you need to praise him right now. Because if you'll praise him, you'll usher Emmanuel into your situation. Oh, my, my, my. Uh, can, you, can you just hang with me? I'll jump back on Christmas, but isn't it something? The Bible says that while they were praising, uh-huh, that they're, they're in the inner prison. It's dark, it's dank, it's stank, it's rough, it's rats, it's bad, it's not good, but they're praising him. Can you imagine that, that Paul and Silas are, are there? Silas's name means Woody. Come on, W-O-O-D-Y. Could you imagine Paul looking at Woody and saying, hey, Woody, what you want to do? Woody said, I don't know. Paul said, I feel, Woody, I feel like praising the Lord. See, I'm getting too real for y'all right now. Woody, I feel like praising the Lord, and they begin to praise the Lord. They begin to magnify him, Paul and Woody, right up in there giving God praise at an inopportune time when it made no sense but the Bible says that while they were praising not not before they were praising not after they were praising but something happened while they were praising while they were praising their shackles fell off while they were praising their chains hit the floor while they were praising their prison doors flew open not before they praised not after they praised but while they were praising see their some things that won't ever happen for you until you learn to praise the Lord because that shifts the atmosphere of your life. That's what Emmanuel shows up in while they were praising. I wonder what would happen right now if you praise the Lord right where you are at 1159 when you're getting ready to step into a new year, a new... I wonder if you could get healed while you were praising. I I wonder if you could get broke through while you were praising. I I wonder if that child could come into the kingdom. What what, what blows my mind though, what, what really blows my mind is when they praised the Lord, not only did they get unshackled, everybody around them got unshackled. Not only did they get free, everybody around them got free. See, there's some people who come to church mad and they ain't got a praise on their own. They come to church in bondage, but there's something about them sitting on the road with you and you begin to praise the Lord and suddenly they get set free. I wonder if there's somebody on your road that might break right on through. If you would open your mouth here at Christmas time and clap your hands and give God glory like he can shift the very atmosphere of your life. 
Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you just sit there. But I'm about to get unshackled while I'm praising. One, two, three, give God a praise. So, so y'all, y'all uh, I warned y'all I could feel this coming. Sit, sit down. Because I got to land this plane. Now, now listen. So, 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 how many of y'all know praising in prison ain't normal? I mean, when you're half deaf, half dead, it ain't normal to praise God in the prison. That's why some people look at you and think you're crazy because you're praising God. But watch this. Watch. Here's the beauty. Here's what I love. So they're praising, and they're, they're not normal. So the jailer is a normal person. Out of all that normal, abnormal, the jailer is a normal person. And I'm going to tell you, stop trying to figure out who's normal on your row because your whole row is strange. So don't even. So, so the normal person witnesses all this, grabs his sword and said, they're going to kill me. They're going to torture me because the whole prison has gotten free. So he's about to fall on his sword and kill himself. And Paul shouts out from the dungeon. And Paul calls with a loud voice and says, do yourself no harm. For we are all here. Now, now that jailer calls out and rushes down into Paul and Silas or where they are and falls before them and says, my Lord, what must I do to be saved? Now, I want you to catch what's going on here. Nobody has left the prison. They're all unshackled. Every door is open. The prisoners chose to stay when they could have left. Why did they stay? because Emmanuel had gotten in the prison with him. Have you ever stayed just cause Jesus was there? Have you ever endured just because Jesus was there? What changed these men's life, what that man's life was not the earthquake, but the fact that the prisoners stayed. And here's my hook. Sometimes God's glory is not revealed by what you escape, but by what you endure. Oh, the marriage was rough, but I didn't quit. Times got hard, but I didn't give up. I was broke, but I never turned my back. If you know that you made it through some things and you endured because Jesus got in the trouble with you, give him praise right now. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor. Say Christ is the Christ of your crisis. Now tell that same neighbor, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Hey, hallelujah, don't overreact to your problem. Emmanuel is with you. Listen, don't overreact to your issues. Emmanuel is with you. I just came to ask somebody, as I get ready to close this message, has God been with you? Come on, when your life was upside down, has he been with you? When you went through cancer, was he with you? When your children went crazy, was he with you? When it was tough, was he with you? Here's the real question. Is he with you right now?
no matter where you are in life because Christ is the Christ at Christmas and all year long he's Emmanuel. You're going to make it now. Here's four gifts I'm going to unwrap for you. First Chronicles 16, 27, glory, honor, strength, and gladness. Glory and honor in his presence. Strength and gladness are in this place. So today, I want to give you a gift. Glory, honor, strength, and gladness. Glory is his glory. It represents his power demonstrated in your life. It tells you that Emmanuel is not just real, he's real to you. Have you ever needed the Lord to be real to you? I'm not talking about real as creator. We know he's a creator. We know he made all that there is. We know that he is El Shaddai and he is more than enough. But have you ever needed him not to just be real out there? You needed him to be real for you. Can I declare that God is about to demonstrate his power in your life? So he says glory and honor are in his presence. Honor means promotion to have good standing. This means you will have good standing. This means you will stand out from the ordinary. Put your hand on your chest. Raise your other hand. Say, Lord, I receive it. I receive promotion. I receive good standing. And I'm going to stand out from the ordinary. Oh, come on, give him praise if you claim it. And then he said, I'm going to give you strength. Strength means you'll have the ability to withstand the attack of the enemy. That means you're not going to buckle. That means you're not going to quit. Mother, that means even at Christmas time, when your children are not everything you want them to be right now, you're going to see them with eyes of faith. And you're going to have strength to believe that the promises of God are in him. Yes and amen. And here's what I declare. They say that the most depressing time for many people is Christmas time. But he said, I'm going to give you honor, strength, glory. Watch this. And gladness. That means you're going to live a life of joy. You'll have peace and power because of the presence of the Lord. I just rebuke depression off of you. I just take authority over it right now. Come on, who's felt a little heavy in this holiday season? I, I, I lift that heaviness off of you right now in Jesus' name. Come on. I lift it off of you right now. I bind it. Take authority over it. Pastor Ready, I just don't feel like I had the money to do the things I want to do. It ain't about the money. It's about Jesus. So I lift all that heaviness off of you. And I release gladness. I just declared this week you're going to laugh a lot. Come on, who, who's ready for that? I declare this week you're going to have so much joy. I declare you're going to eat Christmas dinner and not even get fat. Hallelujah. I declare, I declare that the calories are going to turn on themselves and the thing that the enemy meant for evil, God's going to turn it for good. Hallelujah. Are there any believers in the house? How about over here, any believers? How about this section, a believer? How about all over here, y'all believers in that? How about these three, are y'all believers over here? 
tell your neighbor, say, I'm a believer. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll praise him in prison. <laughs> yeah, I believe, I believe a virgin can get pregnant. <laughs> but some young lady said, but not me. Hallelujah. I'm a believer. I want you to bring up the word believe. B-E-L-I-E-V-E. Here's what the Lord showed me. Because Emmanuel lives, I expect victory. Every time. <laughs> okay, uh, that, that's pretty good for folks who are kind of believers. But I'm looking for the real deal believers. Because Emmanuel lives, I expect B-E. L-I-E-V-E -E. because Emmanuel lives I expect victory every time just throw up your hands and yeah. in fact make that your Christmas time declaration say because Emmanuel lives I expect victory not some of the time not most of the time, not part of the time, but somebody shout every time. Every time I turn around, he's making a way. Every time I turn around, he's blessing my life. Every time I turn around, he's raising me up. What are you waiting for? He's Emmanuel. He's God with us. The wait is over. The wait is over. Because Emmanuel lives, son. I expect victory every time. Well, did you get a little bit out of the word today? Be seated. I'm about to bring Josh up. But before I do, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to tell you, listen now, I want to tell you how much I love you. I want to tell you, I want to tell you how proud I am of you, how thankful I am for you. I want to tell you what it means to me that you show up for church on Christmas Sunday when the news report said 100% chance of rain. I want to thank you for coming. And I want to tell you folks that I take this call to lead you very seriously that I feel so blessed to stand in front of you and break the bread preach the word love these sons and daughters that the Lord has put in my life there's a lot of important things that God has called us to do Nathan but here at Christmas time there's nothing more important than this with every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're in this room and you'd say, Pastor, I'm not where I need to be. There's things in my life that alienate me and separate me from God. And when you pray for somebody, Pastor Rayleigh, pray for me. When you remember somebody, remember me. Because there's sin in my life and I need Emmanuel. I need him in my life. When I count to three, raise your hand. Are you ready? Pray for me, Pastor. One. Remember me, Pastor. Two, I want to get things right with God. Three, 
Set that hand up right now. Hands in every section. Hands across the room. I want everybody in the house to take your hand and place it on your heart right now. We're going to open up the altars at the end of the service and we'll lay hands on everybody that wants to be prayed for. Because that's revival. We're not too busy to let God move. But nothing's more important than people being saved. So hand on your heart. Raise your other hand. My altar workers are going to come to the front. They'll be here for you when Pastor Josh blesses you. But pray this prayer after me. Pray, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, please forgive me for all my sins. Take my heart. Wash it clean. Jesus, I need you to be Emmanuel in my life. Be God in me and God with me. I surrender. I lay it down. And I tell you, thank you for new starts. Thank you for new beginnings. I give you all the glory. And I give you all the praise. Can you give the Lord a great big praise right now? If you would like to be part of what God is doing here at Calvary, you can give online at calvaryofl.com or you can use our app. We hope this message encouraged you to experience the Spirit, embrace the lost, and live the life. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you soon.